Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. We're going to begin in verse verse number one, Mark 14. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there was some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. Not for me. On me. For ye have the poor with you always. Whensoever ye will ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. Notice this statement. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. That's the turning point in the room when he says, she's come to anoint my body for the bearing. 
See, those that were murmuring about this woman's worship didn't understand what was about to happen in about six days. So to them, when she broke the box, it was a waste. But the turning point is when Jesus said, Because she broke the box, she has anointed my body to the bearing. The people said it's a waste. But Jesus said, no, guys. It's worth more broken. That's my message to you today. It's worth more broken. Would you raise your hands and ask the Holy Ghost to help us today? God, thank you for your presence, the touch of glory that's in the room. Do, God, what only you can do. What only you can do. You may be seated. To somehow set backdrop for where we find ourselves in Mark fourteen. You really have to go to John's account of this same story. He would tell us about this incident, this occasion, the chapter after the resurrection of Lazarus. If you are to believe as most commentaries do that it's the same story, then then it's just been not too long after Lazarus having been dead for four days is told by Jesus to come forth And he does. What sent Jesus there was the word he had received. Bible doesn't really give us the explicit detail of how he got the news. Whether by letter, by servant, we we know not. but, But when word got to Jesus... It was to come and heal my brother because he is sick. So when Jesus first gets the news concerning Lazarus, whom the Bible tells us more than once he loved, he wasn't dealing with a dead man. 
He was dealing with the sick man. And yet, very strangely and very unusually, Jesus stays put for two days. He doesn't move. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't go to where the need is at. He doesn't go to where the request has been sent. He stays put for two days. But then, to make matters worse and more strange when he does decide to go. The Bible says that he looked at his disciples and he told them to let us go back to Judea again. What makes this so odd and strange is that Lazarus, the man who he loves, the man that is sick, the one that needs a healing is not in Judea. He's in Bethany. So not only does Jesus not move for two days, but when he does, he doesn't even go to where the need is at. He says, let's go back to Judea, meaning they had been there Previous, They had visited this place prior, but Jesus is trying to teach us a lesson. I've got the power to give Lazarus a resurrection. I've got the ability to meet the need. I am able to do exceedingly and abundantly, but before I go to where the need is at, I've got to go back to Judea because you will never have a Bethany resurrection until you first have a Judea visitation. The word Judea comes from that word Judah, which I'm sure by now you know means praise. Jesus is trying to teach us before I meet the need that you've sent to me, I want you first to go back to praise. Because praise is the only thing that gives the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. Some miracles will stay as a need until you go back to praise. Some prayers will remain unanswered until you go back to praise. Some doors will stay closed until you go back to praise. Some revivals will never be had until you go back to praise. Some tombs will never be emptied until you go back to praise. Some dreams will never be fulfilled until you go back to praise. Some ways will never be made as long as you just request. No, you've got to go back to Judea before you get Lazarus to breathe again. You've got to go back to Judea before your graves can empty. He goes back to Judea, then he makes the trip to Bethany. Here's the problem though, when it gets there, 
Lazarus has two sisters, Martha and Mary, but only one meets Jesus when he's coming. Martha is the one that leaves the house and meets Jesus in the front yard. Mary, however, we are told, stayed put in the house. When you meet these two ladies, we learn who they are very quickly by the introduction of the words of Jesus when he tells Martha, you are troubled about many things. You're always worried. You're always going here and there. You're always trying to make sure everything is in order and everything's, everything is the way you think it should be. But Martha, take a look at Mary. She is worshiping me. She has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. So Mary, right off the bat, is seen as a worshiper. But now when Jesus comes to the house at their invitation, the worshiper doesn't come out to meet him. The worshiper sat still in the house. Some Lazaruses never will live and graves will never be emptied as long as your worship sits still. Martha is the one saying, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection. I am. They are having a conversation while worship is sitting still. Jesus has showed up because you asked him to. Jesus has stopped what he was doing because you asked him to. Jesus has stopped going here and there and he's come to your place because you asked him to and you can't get up. You're just sitting there. And the reason she is in the house is because she is being comforted by. The Bible calls these people the Jews. They, they are there sitting on the couch with Mary. They are there comforting Mary. They are, they are there. They are the ones cooking for the, the cooking the food. They, they are the ones giving a helping hand. Are you with me? They, they are the ones saying, it'll be okay. I don't know why Jesus didn't come through. I don't know why Jesus didn't. I don't I don't know why he's four days late. I don't know why he didn't come when you asked him to. He should have been here by now. He, 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 should have, he should have showed up a long time ago. I don't know why Lazarus died on you. But then, but then Jesus looks at Martha and tells her, roll away the stone. And when she rolls away the stone, the voice of Jesus echoes out through eternity as he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. He was bound hand and foot. But Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And everything that had him bound fell at his feet not only is he resurrected but he's set free 
And this is usually when we stop reading the story. Read one more verse. And you'll find that the Jews who were in the house with Mary, the Jews who were only there to comfort Mary, the Jews saw a dead man resurrected and they saw a bound man set free and the word says that the Jews believed on Jesus and they were converted. I don't know how it works in Medora, but back where we're from, usually you don't get a house full of people when somebody is sick. No one cooks for you when somebody is sick. But when they die, everybody shows up at your house. Is that how it works around here? When they die, everyone wants to cook for you. Your phone always is ringing. You get a house full of visitors and family and friend. Had Jesus showed up four days ago when the man was sick, the only people that would have saw a healing was Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. But because he waited till the man died, I a house full of Jews showed up. And because he waited till the man died, was a whole people converted. That means the revival that God had for that family was far bigger than beyond a healing. Come on, I just want to tell somebody he loves you enough to be late because when he gets here, your miracle is bigger. Your revival is bigger. Your miracle is greater. Your breakthrough is deeper. When he gets here, there's more that can witness the power of God. John 11 ends, John 12 opens by telling us that Jesus comes into the house. Mark tells us whose house it belongs to. It's Simon the leper. John tells us in this house, Martha is serving. Lazarus is sitting. But here walks in Mary. Mark doesn't give us the name. It just says a woman. But the woman carrying the alabaster box is Mary. Stay with me now. It was Mary who refused to go out and meet Jesus. It was Mary. Come on. It was Mary who let her worship just sit still. It was Mary who doubted. It was Mary who complained. It was Mary that felt more secured by the voices of the Jews than the voice of God. It was Mary who felt more safe sitting in the house being petted and told how good she is than it was for her to go out and meet the man who was four days late on the miracle so when Mary walks in come on Jesus did not judge Mary Jesus did not condemn Mary Jesus did not point fingers at Mary Jesus and 
answered the prayer that Mary had four days ago. So when she walked in this house to find Martha serving and Lazarus sitting, she has this alabaster box. It is very precious. It is very expensive. In fact, the, 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 the box that she holds in her hand, this, this alabaster, this alabaster box that she holds in her hand is a whole year's worth of wages. Just think about how much you make in a year. This is what she's holding in her hands. That means she can go and sell this box and receive a year's worth of wages. There's riches in this box. Come on, there is, there is value in this box. God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There is substance in this box but instead of going to make money instead of trading it off for cash she in this house of Simon the leper breaks the box she busted the box wide open and she poured the oil on the body of Jesus It's more than just a sign of worship. It's more than just a declaration of her love toward Jesus. No, no. When she broke the box, it was a symbol. It was she is doing in action on the outside how she feels on the inside. You didn't come when I asked for you to. I feel broken. You didn't meet the need when I asked you to. I feel broken. You didn't judge me. Come on, I feel unworthy. I feel, I feel like I don't deserve your grace and your mercy. I feel broken on the inside. Look at my sister. She's just serving. She doesn't recognize the presence that's in the house. Look at my brother. He's too lazy just sitting there when Jesus is in the house. Come on, Jesus. I feel broken. I feel broken. Busted. I feel like a nothing and a nobody. I've come on. I feel like the only ones that have my back are those that are those that that just want me to carry on with my pity party. I feel alone. I feel rejected. Come on. I'm talking to somebody right now. I feel like I feel like maybe my need wasn't that important to you, and my prayer must have not have been that valuable, or you would have showed up four days ago Jesus I'm trying to show you the way I feel I feel broken I feel abandoned I feel abused I feel rejected I feel dejected I feel alone I feel like a nothing and a nobody to make matters worse when all she is doing 
is pouring out her worship on him. Those who were following him, those who were preaching his doctrine, those that he chose, all they could do was have indignation for her worship. And instead of her worship leading the whole house into worship, it just led to gossip and arguments and backbiting and finger pointing. My own worship can't bring unity. Maybe my worship is just not that valuable. every aspect of her life it's a broken piece over here and a broken piece over there and busted pieces at her feet she is just a woman who is totally broken and the more you read the worse it gets because the one who actually voices the opinion of complaint is Judas, the man whose name means praise. And the man who was born a praiser has got to a place. He don't want to praise. He just wants to complain about somebody else's praise. He's the one that said, why are you allowing this waste? She could have given it to the poor. Come on, Judas, you little jerk. You could care less about the poor. You're just embarrassed that somebody took your spot in worship. You're just, you're just convicted and you don't know how to deal with it. You don't take your conviction to an altar. No, you take them to the complaint department. You don't, you don't know how to deal with your, with, with your, with your self-righteousness. You don't know how to deal with, with somebody else taking what you used to do. It just gets more broken. It just gets more busted. It just gets... Jesus makes a very interesting statement. He first shuts the mouths of the complainers because he always will. And then he makes this start, this, this starts realization and comment when, when he says, she has anointed my body Not just my feet. She's anointing my body to the bearing. And what she has done, she hasn't did it for me, but she's poured it on me. He's carrying, he's carrying this anointing. He's carrying this oil on his body. The reason he made this statement is because he knew what was coming in just less than a week. They didn't. They, they didn't want to talk about it, but he knew. 
He knew I'm going to a cross. He knew I'm going to Calvary. He knew I'm going to die. And in those days, before someone was put to death, and after they were put to death, both before and after, they would anoint the body of the one dying. Come on, I'm trying to pull you in. They would anoint the body before the death and they would anoint the body after the death. So Jesus said, this oil that you think is a waste being poured out, you don't understand what's about to happen. She's doing it because I'm about to die. She's doing a custom that maybe she doesn't even understand the full extent of what's happening. But I under, don't bother her and leave her alone because what she's doing is the only thing that I will carry to a cross. Because I won't have many family members at the cross. I won't have a lot of disciples at the cross. I won't have many friends at the cross. Good. The only, the only crowd I'll have at the cross is the one saying, crucify him, crucify him. Judas, you have no idea what's going on. Mary, you don't even know what's going on. When I go to that cross, I won't have a stench of clothes on my back. I'll have no family to support me. I'll have no friends to help me out. I'll have no preachers to help me out. That means, come on, if the anointing of the body was going to happen before the death, something tells me he didn't, he didn't wash that oil off before the cross. Come on. If that was going to happen anyways, something tells me he didn't let go of that anointing that was poured not for him but on him. That means the only thing when there was no friends, when there was no family, when there was no ministry, when there was no church, when there was no peer, the only thing that Jesus carried to a cross was somebody's worship, was somebody's praise. The only thing that accompanied him on a cross was a broken woman's worship. Say, Judas, you'll, you'll only worship me when you feel like it. You see, Peter, you'll only worship me when I'm giving you stuff. But that's not what I'm taking to a cross. What I'm taking to a cross is broken worship. That's why you think it's a waste. That's why you think, come on, that's why you think this shouldn't be happening. That's why you think it's nothing but throwing, but, but, but throwing money on the floor. No, you don't understand because she's broken. Her worship in a broken condition is worth a whole lot more than your worship in a perfect condition. Come on, the worship of broken people, the worship of a broken heart the worship of a broken life is a lot more valuable than the worship
worship of those who are whole. I'm talking to people right now. You're broken. And your brokenness has made you feel like your worship is invaluable. And so you don't worship. And you don't lift your hands. And you don't love on Jesus. Because you're broken. Because you're hurt. Because your life is in a million pieces. You feel like your worship is insignificant. My God, I don't know who you are, but I'm in your face right now, wherever you are. Your worship you feel like is invaluable. Your worship you feel like doesn't cost much. You feel like your worship is insignificant because, because someone's done you wrong or, or someone's hurt you or, or maybe Jesus hasn't showed up when you asked him to and you feel like Jesus has hasn't heard your prayer and Jesus hasn't heard your cry and Jesus hasn't saw your need but you hear this evangelist I tell you what you do with that brokenness you pour it out in a form of worship because Jesus will take that worship a whole lot quicker than he'll take the worship of someone who feels like they're valuable and they're irreplaceable Come on, such were some of you. Come on, we were all broken. We were all hurt. We were all busted. We were all disgusted. Come on, but you know what we did? We pulled out our broken worship on a master's body. We pulled out our broken worship on someone who thinks it's so valuable. It's the only thing going to a cross with him. I don't sing like they can sing. I don't play like they can play. I don't preach like they can preach. I feel like they got all the breaks. I feel like God makes a way for them and never for me. I feel like God meets their need and never my need. Come on, I've been there too. In fact, I am there. Maybe I'm preaching to me just as much as I'm preaching to you. Come on, there's some prayers I'm still waiting on. There's some doors I'm still waiting for God to open. Come on, there's still some ways I'm waiting for God to make but in my brokenness look out Judas if you ain't going to worship bless God I'm going to worship look out Peter you can gripe and complain all you want but my worship is valuable in my brokenness my worship is worth more when I'm broken When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm broken, it's worth so much more. That's why, that's why the people couldn't understand. That's, that's why they never grabbed a hold of, of the revelation. When Jesus said, I have not come to those who need not a physician. I've come to broken people. But you're a king. Yeah, but I was still born in a manger. 
So it doesn't matter how high up you are or how low you are. I've come for you. Because the rich are as broken as much as the poor are broken. But it doesn't matter. That's who I've come for. Blessed are who? The broken in heart. Watch out when you ask for God to bless you. He blesses the broken. See, those of you that, that, that think to yourselves, well, I don't have the right pedigree. I don't have the right last name. I don't have the right heritage. Neither did Ruth. But she still left the Moabites and wouldn't let go of Naomi until she met a Boaz that was the kinsman redeemer. You'll never meet your redeemer as long as you keep talking about what you don't have and who you're not. You've got to leave that stuff. You've got to make up in your mind where you go, I go. Where you lodge, I lodge. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Broken, yes, broken. But in the brokenness, she never stopped her worship. See, it's only those who worship in the broken that get the revelation it's worth more. Broken. It's so valuable. Come on, get it. It's so valuable that when Jesus came, so valuable, ain't get free. He's not washing off a broken woman's worship. I'm taking that worship because when I nail it to a cross, it doesn't matter who's broken. There's enough blood. It doesn't matter who's busted. There's enough scars. It doesn't matter who feels so insignificant. There's enough grace and mercy. It's just worth more. Broken. Something about mercy that when I can't reach it, mercy comes running to me. Because he wants to bless the broken. just worth more it's just more valuable it's just more precious Mary you got two choices you can sell it and get a year's worth of wages or you can break it and pour it on his body and it lasts for eternity It's just worth more. 
I want you to stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.